like a fetish club for your ears. Grab a hot drink and turn down the lights. Coming across the airwaves and into bedrooms everywhere, BDSM United is bringing you non-violent, consensual kink education. This isn't for the kiddos or for the cookie-cutter conservative vanilla prunes. We'll be talking bondage, discipline, dominance, submission, sadomasochism, and more today on this BDSM United podcast. In the world of risk-aware consensual kink, there's one risk that many people don't realize that they're taking. Did you know that in most places in the world, BDSM is a crime? I bet you didn't know that. Uh, you didn't know that you could end up on an episode of Law & Order just for engaging in BDSM. And a lot of people will say, well, you know, we, I got consent. But what they do not realize that uh, most places do not allow a person to consent to abuse. That, uh, let me frame this up for you. So this is why we insist that uh, people do proper vetting, that they check out and make sure that people that they have as play partners or potential play partners, that they really understand and that they can trust uh, those people. This is why having or engaging in BDSM with strangers can be much riskier than what you initially even planned or accounted for. Because in a lot of places, BDSM is a crime. And uh, if you were to engage in impact play, for instance, and left some marks, uh, the person could go and uh, another a relative or uh, another partner see these marks, and the person could become embarrassed and could change their mind about the consensual act that they that they let you do, and could and could actually charge you after the fact with assault or battery. Uh, what could also happen is someone else, someone, especially someone who is a mandatory reporter, could see marks on somebody's body and could report you as an abuser for leaving those marks, and you could be potentially be charged with assault or battery, assaulting somebody. You... You cannot, in most places, engage in BDSM activity uh, and, you know, without accounting for the risk. You are taking a risk. Not all BDSM involves uh, abuse or, tor you know, or alleged abuse or torture, or leaving marks or striking, uh, or, you know, not all of it is restraint. Some of it is mental. Uh, but, you know, in a lot of places, you could still be charged with abuse because there's lots of different ways to abuse. So in today's episode, I'm I'm Primal Piggy. This is BDSM United podcast. I want to just make you risk aware. I don't want to tell you not to, uh, you know, I don't want to give any uh, special advice, tell you not to do BDSM or to do it. I'm not trying to give you any way to get around any laws. 
I'm not going to give you any legal advice. Uh, you definitely want to check with the place that you live or the place that you plan to play and see uh, what is legal in your area. And it is up to you with all BDSM practices to be risk aware. Uh, always get consent, even though consent is uh, not necessarily people, you know, even though people cannot necessarily consent to the act, you definitely want to at least have consent uh, between you as partners because uh, you don't want to be raping anyone. That's not, of course, that's not anything anyone wants to do. We always want to be nonviolent and consensual. And when I say nonviolent, it means that we, we may hurt somebody, but we do not cause harm. Like we don't cause lasting harm. We're not injuring somebody. We're just playing with someone. And so let's talk today a little about what the difference between abuse is and how BDSM is different than abuse. There are organizations, I will say this real fast, that there are organizations that are out there working on legislation. They, do, they, have, uh, uh, they have had some uh, legal teams accept that this is a possibility that as long as... The, uh, uh, your BDSM is involved in a consensual act between adults that, uh, that you know, as long as it is consensual, that uh, it is it should not be illegal. And they're working towards changing the legislation here in the United States, uh, in the different states, to reflect this uh, change of ideas in our culture. In, in the in our in the world culture or in society as a whole, BDSM culture we view uh, BDS we do not view BDSM as abuse. And here's that's what I'm going to be talking about today within our own BDSM culture. Um, how do we differentiate between the things that we do and what is and is not abuse? And so, the official distinctions between S and M and abuse were. Uh, carefully formulated by more than 20 organizations at the second Leather Leadership Conference held in New York City in 1998. Uh, the conference concluded after creating a statement of principles and guidelines intended to help law enforcement and social service professionals understand the difference between abusive relationships and, consens and consensual sadomasochism. Um, here's some of the key findings. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to go through the whole document, but the uh, original wording is so clear that, you know, we uh, don't, I didn't want to really edit it very much. And so um, uh, it says that S&M is a complex group of behaviors. This is sadomasochism between consenting adults involving the consensual exchange of power and the giving and receiving of intense erotic sensation or mental discipline. S&M includes intimate activities within the scope of informed consent that's freely given. Um, this is really good here. Abuse is physical, sexual, or emotional acts inflicted on a person without their informed and freely given consent. That's the biggest thing. Abuse is non-consensual. Within BDSM culture, we we anything that is not consensual is abusive and therefore is automatically off limits. 
in BDSM. It is an agreed upon rule that it is off limits. Um, the S&M leather and fetish communities recognize the phrase safe, sane, and consensual as the best brief summary of principles guiding sadomasochism practices. Um, let's define those three. Uh, that is a common thing. Um, we like to expand on uh, safe, sane, and consensual by, uh, in the opening, I mentioned risk-aware consensual kink. It's called RAC. R-A-C-K, risk-aware consensual kink. We like the to add that risk-aware part so that people, uh, we believe that uh, people that are playing together should know the risks and know the safety involved to mitigate most of those risks and to have the safest uh, uh, scenes possible. And so safe. Safe means knowing about the techniques and safety concerns involved in what you're doing, and acting in accordance with that knowledge. That's what safe is, uh, by the definition. Uh, sane means knowing the difference between fantasy and reality and acting in accordance with that knowledge. Uh, sane is knowing that, um, that what we're doing is a scene and that um, in going into a scene uh, where you may inflict hurt on somebody, usually pleasurable pain, uh, but you're not trying to physically harm the person. You're not going in with the mindset that you're going to kill, maim, or do anything that is going to leave a lasting um, intense. You're not going in with wax play with the intention of burning or causing third-degree burns on your partner. You're going in with the, with the intention and the mindset that you're going to give pleasurable discomfort and pain with the dripping of the hot wax. And it's going to, and that you're going in with the mindset that your partner is going to be able to translate that, that pleasure and that pain into uh, something sexual, erotic, or orgasmic. Hopefully, orgasmic. Uh, consensual. Consensual means respecting the limits imposed by each partner at all times. Uh, consent is freely given. Consent uh, can be revoked. Consent is specific to the acts involved. Uh, it's not blanket consent. Uh, consent is something that we get or give every single time. Uh, consent is that even within, um, even within dynamics such as master-slave, the person does always have the ability, it's extreme, but they have the ability to remove the collar and remove themselves from the relationship if they so choose. It is consensual slavery. And so safe words. Safe words represent one of the recognized ways to maintain limits to ensure that each participant can end his or her participation with a word or gesture. Gesture, sorry. Um... Safe word isn't always just one word, and it's usually, uh, you know, it, it's not like this magic bean. It's not this, ma a safe word isn't a magic thing that, that stops a scene. A safe word is a way, is one way for someone to communicate, but there are other ways to communicate. There's tapping, there's making hand gestures, 
there are you know sometimes in in bondage and and if somebody's gagged or something like that they'll they'll hold a ball in their hand and if they drop the ball or they throw the bean bag or something like that it it signals to stop a scene or stop momentarily to check um it's not always stop and end everything pack up and go home sometimes it's stop let's see what's going on Let's reassess. Let's see what I'm doing. You know, something's uncomfortable. Something's pinching. Something's cutting off circulation. We need to stop and see. And then there are these things called using your words, just using regular plain language, like, ouch, that, oh, oh my goodness, I need to use the bathroom. You know, <laughs> I need to uh, pause. I need to, I, I think I may have diarrhea. You know, there's a, Oh, you know, I, I'm I'm bleeding in a way that, you know, I'm starting to get lightheaded. I, I'm feeling tingly on my fingers and toes, um, different things like that. There are ways of using plain language. If you're in an MS and you're not permitted to speak, if you're, uh, if you, you are, if you do speak up, uh, your master will generally know or your mistress will generally know that something is so intense that you needed to communicate, that you were willing to risk a punishment or a potential punishment to communicate. And they will oftentimes take that seriously because in an MS or, you know, we generally see our the slave partner as a piece of property and we want to take really good care of our property because we've invested a lot in our relationship. Uh, we don't take it lightly and we're not out there to try to cause harm to this partner that we developed and trained to be, uh, you know, our most, uh, you know, our most treasured possession. And uh, we did this huge investment. We're not out there trying to hurt them, you know, in such a way to cause harm or destroy or, you know, do something to mess up the, the investment that we've made. And so a lot of times people, uh, say, oh, well, you, you know, you don't have a safe word. So that sounds like a really big red flag. But, uh, you know, they don't realize the intensity of the investment that goes into the relationship. Uh, and they don't realize that, uh, you know, someone uh, that the person's involved, uh, the person who is giving the kink, the, the master or mistress is not looking to cause bodily harm to their slave because we treasure our slave. And this is in a master-slave consensual, master-slave uh, authority exchange relationship or a power exchange, a total power exchange relationship as it's often called. And so, um, uh, so informed consent must be judged by balancing the following criteria for each encounter at the time the act occurs. Was informed consent expressly denied or withdrawn? Were there factors that negated the informed consent? Um, like, you know, was somebody mentally incapacitated? Were they, uh, were they incapacitated or intoxicated? Uh, you know, were they, you know, were they in their right mind? You know, uh, what is, the, were they on some type of prescription software that inhibited their ability to give consent? You know, those kinds of things. Um, what is the relationship of the participants? Uh, what was the nature of the activity? And what was the intent of the accused abuser? 
And so oftentimes, like I said, you're going in with the intent to give pleasurable pain with wax play. You're not going in with the intent or the mindset to cause third degree burns. And so um, tests for abuse in a relationship. Now, these were really good. Uh, whether an individual's SM role is top or bottom, abuse may exist if you answer no to any of the following questions. Are your needs and limits respected? Is your relationship built on honesty, trust, and respect? Are you able to express feelings of guilt or jealousy or unhappiness? Can you function in everyday life? Can you refuse to do illegal activities? Can you insist on safe sex practices? Can you choose to interact freely with others outside of your relationship? Oftentimes in in uh, porn that is created for entertainment purposes only, they will oftentimes toy with these ideas of consent. They'll sometimes um, portray like they're giving an accidental cream pie or they're giving an intentional cream pie to somebody who is saying no. They're, they're inseminating someone with fluids that, uh, in, in, like in their pussy without, with, the, with the woman saying no. And a lot of times they're, they're toying with these ideas of, of non-consent, but in, in, all, in, you know, in reality, see, that's a fantasy. Porn is oftentimes a fantasy created for, for uh, it's a fantasy created for entertainment purposes. Uh, but they're they are getting informed consent before they perform because the before the actors perform the scenes and they're actors they're not uh the, you know they're acting out this scene and so um, oftentimes people will see these porn videos and see these people do these things and think that they can go and do these those same things in real life that they're somehow funny or they're exciting or, you know, that it's going to turn out well for them, and what they're doing is they're abusing. They're not getting consent, and they're not realizing that uh, the person that actually got consent to do this, what appears to be non-consensual thing in this entertainment-only porn scene. And it can be dangerous because people will often copy what they see and not really think things through. In BDSM, we in our culture, we always try to think things through. Sometimes we may overthink some things to a degree, but we always try to think things through. And um, could you answer no to these questions? Can can you leave the situation without fearing that you will be harmed, or fearing the other participant or participants will harm themselves? Can you choose to exercise self determination with money, employment, and life decisions? Do you feel free to discuss your practices and feelings with anyone you choose? Do you feel isolated, insulated, feel like it has to be a big secret? See, that could be. Uh, you, you need to look, that, look, look at that and see if you're someone's secret, you know, maybe you're being manipulated. Maybe you're being abused. Something for you to consider um, and seek clarity on. Uh, some of the concepts referred to in this statement are discussed in more detail in, like I said, in that, uh, what was it called, in the Principles and Guidelines Created by the Leather Leadership Conference 
in New York City in 1998. I think you can Google that and find uh, more about that. And so, um, you know, let me be really clear that an abuser's victim, an abuser's victim may very well be their own partner who they believe that they love. However, the perpetrator and the victim may have very different beliefs or attitudes about a particular set of behaviors or simply smart, part of the submissive's training or outright abuse. And so people may not always see eye to eye. That's why negotiations and, and contracts are a big part of BDSM culture. Um, and negotiations are just discussions and contracts are agreements. Really simple way. And so that's a simple term. That's the simple terminology of the more formal terminology. <laughs> and so abusers may use a number of ways to control their victim, none of which are acceptable in the context of consensual, negotiated, sadomasochistic, or BDSM relationships. Uh, these actions cannot be stopped with a safe word, and can include include physical abuse. And this is abuse intended to harm intended to harm an individual. And it's hitting, punching, choking, kicking, slapping, shoving, beating, leaving marks or using weapons outside contract and scene limits and not respecting safe words or real words that they're saying to stop or real words that are saying, ouch, this hurts too much or this hurts in a bad way. This doesn't feel right and defending these non-consensual physical actions as the way that real sadomasochism works. or real This is the real BDSM. Uh, a lot of times somebody who's new or, and, or new will encounter a predator or abuser that will claim that they want to teach them the real BDSM, and what they're going to be doing is abusing you or manipulating you. And so you definitely want to watch out. That's definitely a red flag, and we'll deal with red flags in another episode. But uh, psychological abuse, and this is also referred to as uh, emotional abuse or mental abuse. It's a near constant criticism, ridicule, false or misleading statements, criticizing their interest in something, humiliating or degrading them in public or, pri or private outside of the contract or the scene limits, and not respecting safe words or, like I said, real words like. I don't like the way that you, I don't like the way you're using that humiliation. I don't like the way you're trying to humiliate. I don't like the way you're degrading, you're degrading me right now. And uh, I want you to stop. Such abuse is often associated with situations of power imbalance or power exchange, uh, whether within a relationship or in the workplace. And so abuse is, you know, uh, uh, you know, ab abuse is often uh, someone who is a more dominant or a more submissive partner. Uh, in in the one side, abuse is a more dominant partner who is um, who is who is asserting dominance in a way outside of the contract or outside of the scene limits. And in a submissive side, it's often uh, manipulating manipulating to uh, sometimes manipulating outside of the scene or the contract to try to receive something or try to try to push a scene farther than the dominant is even comfortable. So it's not always 
the dominant person who is in who is the abuser. Sometimes the submissive partner is the abuser. So we definitely need to mention that. Um, a lot of what is considered bratting these days or being a brat can be some of that can be considered abuse because it is manipulating someone to push something beyond what they are comfortable with. Uh, and so uh, trying to perhaps trying to manipulate someone into giving a harsher uh, scene or a harsher level of impact than the person giving is comfortable with or agreed to. And so um, sexual abuse, uh, forcing sex, specific sec sex acts or sex with others, refusing to practice safer sex, refusing to negotiate or not respecting contract or scene limits forcing sadomasochism acts during sex. We're defending these non-consensual physical actions as the real BDSM or how the real or the way that real BDSM works. So that's, that's a phrase common within sexual abuse. And so, which is the sexual abuse is not tolerated within the BDSM culture or community. Uh, rape is not tolerated. Uh, any act of non-consensual consent, which is called, uh, or consensual non-consent, CNC, is a form of edge play. Uh, it has special risks involved and special negotiations, a, spe a special contract associated with it, a special level of agreement, and special, you know, and safeguards put in place, and safety is a huge concern with anyone who plays in edge play. Just mention those things. Economic abuse, controlling economic resources, stealing money, credit cards or checks, running up debt, forcing you to live above your means, fostering total economic dependence, using economic status to determine relationship and roles, identities, norms, including purchase of food or clothes. Um, financial or what's called FINDOM can be a level of abuse. If someone is being manipulated into giving more than what they is within the contract or the scene limits, um, uh, a lot of abuse or a fine line between abuse is pro dominant services, um, or somebody trying to enter into a pro dominant service or attaching an Amazon wish, wish list. Uh, saying, uh, you know, telling you that I'm willing to play with you, but you have to buy something off of my Amazon wish list would be some, a way a submissive would enter into economic abuse, perhaps. And so, you know, it's um, manipulating, um, making somebody, you know, uh, there's a fine line between sex works and sex work and economic abuse. You definitely have to judge that for yourself of where that where you draw that line. What are you comfortable with? And what is the person, you know, being comfortable with that, you know, so oftentimes someone may, um, you may take pictures of someone and they do not want you to open an OnlyFans to charge money to view these pictures that they consensually gave you. And so, you know, there's definitely lots of economic types of abuse that can happen on either side of slashes, either a more dominant or a more submissive partner. Um, outing, uh, using awareness of fear and hatred of certain marginalized groups in our society, 
threatening to out someone as being into S&M, being gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, polyamorous, and or being an illegal immigrant, using society's prejudices as a way to control a person who is part of a marginalized group. And so if you, you know, uh, if you get somebody to play with you and you threaten to out them to somebody else, if you threaten, if you blackmail them, those are issues of abuse. If you threaten to do that as part of a FinDom scene, you may be toying with an issue of abuse. You definitely want to, you may want to dial it back and, and bring it, you know, or definitely negotiate those things very carefully uh, to make sure that you are not abusing someone. Um, some people have the false idea that safe, sane, and consensual was originally formulated purely as a public relations move to make kinky, erotic practices seem less threatening to the vanilla folks on the outside the scene or, you know, well, well, those within the scene know better, and that's really not the case. Um, uh, SSC, or Safe, Sane, and Consensual, was actually uh, born in, if you know your BDSM, BDSM history, it was born uh, when the Internet came around. Uh, prior to this, uh, local clubs, local everything was more localized, and local clubs and scenes often had codes of conduct that included uh, what was and wasn't abuse and what was and wasn't, uh, and, and how someone could be, uh, come a part of the community and what level of trust and vetting uh, went into and what type of orientation types of things that went into um, allowing someone to become a part of the community and to, to play in that community. And uh, when, uh, when the Internet came around, uh, people, you know, started giving themselves their own titles and there was um, uh, less uh, means for local accountability because, you know, of course, the Internet is the World Wide Web and it was more globalized then. And uh, people who were on the outside of uh, or who were never involved in local scenes before. Uh, or local clubs before, or local communities were now um, introduced to BDSM, or the philosophies and the, the uh, were now being educated about BDSM and were becoming involved in BDSM. And uh, in order to, uh, so local creeds and local codes of conduct were uh, no longer applicable. And so uh, safe, sane, and consensual came about and later, you know, rack and prick, these are different ones, you know, uh, um, risk aware, consensual kink, uh, I don't know the other, and some of the other mottos were created to enable people to have some level of accountability on more of a globalized scale. And so it came about as, you know, as a change of, as our culture changed from a more localized BDSM to a more internet-based or, you know, internet-influenced BDSM, safe, sane, and consensual, you know, uh, became important and vital for our community. And so it was created by our community. And so um, one of the best ways to practice, especially if you're new, uh, if, is to use, the, or is to play with colors. And that means to, uh, that sensation, you know, that means to communicate in the 
green, yellow, and red. A lot like the in the U.S., those that's the stoplights are are that. And so green means it's a it's you're good to go. Yellow, you need to slow down the action. We may need to uh, yellow. We may need to pause and and or we may need to evaluate. And red, we need to stop what we're doing. And then again, red isn't always pack up and go home. Red is sometimes stop. Okay, we need to stop what we're doing. We need to figure out what we can, what we can change. We need to evaluate. We need to, you know, but we definitely need to not just slow down. We need to, we need to stop. Yellow may be ouch. That's a little too much intensity. Just a little less intensity. And red would be the wait. Stop the action and let's see what we need to change altogether and playing with colors means that the bottom has control over the bds uh, bdsm scene it also tops are allowed to use the colors uh when you know okay we're gonna yellow now you know or i need to yellow i need to you know something doesn't look right with this tie i need to yellow i need to or i need to red i need to i need to untie you a little bit something doesn't look like look right on with your fingers or your toes doesn't look like right you know oh yes keep going keep going no no i need to red and so i need to i need to yellow and so you know it's it's definitely tops and bottoms both have safe words and they both have the ability to you know play with colors uh green yellow and red and so um ultimately the top the more dominant takes the responsibility uh, and takes responsible precautions to avoid causing harm that would affect the bottom's ability to go on with life that's ultimately why we don't want to abuse we're not trying to cause permanent harm or harm or in or severe injury we're not trying to injure somebody we're trying to cause pleasurable pain within bdsm and often as well, the bottom has also has a responsibility to not manipulate the top and to not try to top from the bottom. That's a that's a phrase that um, as we go along, you'll learn topping from the bottom means that they're trying to direct the scene from the from the receiving end and they're manipulating the scene or manipulating the person giving to often sometimes pushing that person beyond their limits to try to receive because they want to receive more than the person is willing to give. And that is a form of abuse. And the bottom is physically and psychologically prepared for the proposed activity and has disclosed to the top any relevant medical or psychological disabilities or any use of drugs or any personal limits, things that they cannot or will not do or accept. And we definitely want to definitely communicate what our limits and our boundaries are. We definitely want to do uh, some pre-scene negotiations, even if it's just a little short talk. Even if it's an informal talk. Hey, today I want to play this way. Oh, yeah, while you're playing that way, try not to do this. Oh, okay, well, I was wanting to do that. Well, no, I'm not comfortable with that today. I'm not feeling that today. You know, or I would prefer to do that way, do this this way and that that way. But you know me and, you know, you know what I do and don't like. It can be, it can look a lot of different ways. And so note this real fast as I kind of wrap up today. Note that safe does not mean without risk. There will always be some risk involved. 
you know, BDSM is not totally risk-free. Uh, like I said in the opening, it can still be considered criminal. That can be a risk that you didn't necessarily go into knowing about. So you definitely want to make sure that you're playing as safe as you can and you're playing with a safe partner that the partner is not going to accuse you of abuse later on or be, put you in a position where others are accusing you of an abuse later on. Uh, sane means that both players know what they're doing and they have clear mental faculties. They're not angry, intoxicated. They're not in an altered mental state where they become, uh, 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 you know, uh, you want to make sure on the criminal side that you're playing with a sane person, someone who's going to, you know, if you're going, if they're going to give you consent that they're not going to then get depressed or change their, you know, change their mind later on, or they have some mental instability of some kind where they're going to uh, forget that they gave consent or their, you know, personality is going to change and one personality isn't going to agree with what the, what to what the other personality agreed to. And then you're facing criminal potential criminal allegations. And consensual. Consensual means both parties understand and agree to everything involved. And, you know, those are, uh, you know, uh, here's the thing. The slogan, safe, sane, and consensual, was used by the Leather SM con contingent in 1987, in the 1987 March on Washington for Lesbian and Gay Rights. It was a concept that subsequently spread widely in both homosexual and heterosexual BDSM circles. <laughs> Excuse me. I am the Primal Picky, or I am Primal Picky. You can find me on Facebook at the Primal Picky, all one word. I also, BDSM United is also part of a free educational BDSM website. You can uh, we've been doing this since 2012, This uh, the Facebook page, and you can find and search the archives for, for lots of BDSM resources. We also have a group of over a thousand, of close to, from 850 to 1,000 people that are a private group of people that are learning BDSM together called the BDSM Education Group. You can find whips, chains, and duct tape on Facebook at WCDT. B D S M all those letters together. Thank you for listening today and make sure that you're doing your BDSM safe, sane, and consensual.